We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Radically long intro. Gotta love it, Andy. Maybe a little bit. Never gets old. Never gets old. That's how I feel about the Warriors offseason. Just a dramatically long intro into whatever the hell is going to happen in the next few months. No GM. No <laughs> draft. Still I mean, no it GM. Just, it just, just keeps moving. Um, hey, we got a special guest, but before we get to it today, uh, I wanted to throw this out there. So mm. I know um, a segment of our listeners are A's fans just as I. I grew up going to the Coliseum. Um, honestly, first sporting event I ever went to was an A's game. Andy, you'll appreciate this. Guess who hit a foul ball at me at my first A's game? Actually, there's no on earth. Like, you're just going to start Nick Swish. No, Nick Swisher's way too, way after. I, I don't know. Rookie year, California Angels, JT Snow. Oh, wow. I will appreciate so, that. Wow. So it's like it's it's first off, that just makes me old. But secondarily, um, yeah, so I can't go Tuesday to the reverse boycott game. Uh, and I'm a little sad I don't get to show my support. So I have two sets of tickets, and they're good tickets. Section 110, uh, one of them are row four. So you can want those ones. And another one are still good seats there. I will be auctioning them off to the first listeners who contact us. Email lightyearspod at gmail.com. I'll send them over to you. Two sets of two tickets. Happy to I just I just want a packed house full of A's fans Tuesday night. I'm not an A's fan, but that's awesome, man. Um people say we talk we don't talk enough other sports outside of uh the Warriors and the I thought the well, Giants maybe, and Niners the and there. We got the A's in there. Let's go. Come on. Maybe if maybe if the Warriors were less drama, we could get to other sports. But, you know, that's, that's, that's cool. Goes. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Two sets of great seats. Good stuff. Good awesome. Stuff. Okay. Uh, special guest. So, you know, you know, we've kind of avoided talking about the new CBA, what it means for the Warriors. I don't know if we've avoided it because we just want to ignore it and pretend it doesn't exist. I did. Oh. Or or just because, you know, we're kind of like that Michael Scott gif where it's like explains to me like I'm five years old. So who better to have on other than our guy, Daniel LaRue, 
Dunked on Pod, The Athletic, Real GM. Danny, where else are you these days? Did I hit it all? <laughs> uh, that's most of it. I mean, I do the broadcast for League Pass, but we're in the we're in the the playoffs now, so we're not doing the League Pass show. Um, but yeah, everything's everything's good. Everything's busy, but but it's good, man. How are you guys? Hanging in there. Um, so I want to I want to start here. So like, this is. Can you give us a breakdown? of like on a high like everyone's heard about the second apron and what that means and everyone everyone knows the warriors are it's the warriors and clippers are the most over the cap of everyone in the league so give us like the high level overview of like what this means for this offseason next offseason going forward like how bad of a situation are the warriors in right now <laughs> So it's interesting because my thought had been the way they were going to handle this was they were going to make it really expensive to go really deep into tax. You know, like they have these bands and they were just going to make the bands more expensive. And like, you know, that that was within their rights. And they, the owners and players did do that. But the part that's more interesting in this that's really going to affect those two teams and also the next group of those teams who we don't know who they are just yet. Nuggets might be in it. We'll have to see. Because... What they did is they actually made it harder for teams over that second apron to add new talent. And that's the part that I think is more relevant. So yeah, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna cost owners money. And we know some people are actually very cognizant of that. It's actually a little bit funny. But that big difference, and I and I think there in terms of the second apron, there are a number of really interesting things that are gonna kick in over the years. So the one that starts this year, the only big one for this year is Teams that are that far over, so it's I think seventeen and a half million over the tax line. They don't get a taxpayer mid level, and so that's right. um, what the Warriors used to sign Dante Divincenzo last year. Mm-hmm. You know, you could go through all these examples over the past. So that's gone, and for for these for these kinds of teams, and sort of like we've if you've ever talked about the hard cap before, for that was like existing in a different place. If you use it, then you can't go over the second apron for any reason. So that's that's there. That's that's going on for the rest of it. There are a bunch of other. Big ones like the the luxury tax, the repeater tax are going way up. That's kicking in later. And then the other one, uh, the frozen pick is too hard to explain right now. But basically, that doesn't start until 24-25 as well. So really, for the Warriors for this year, it's just that they lose the tax pyramid level. And there's probably not much they can do to get it. But also, if we're speaking practically here, I mean, they could get somebody who would help them, but it's not going to transform the team necessarily. So it's it hurts, but it doesn't hurt that badly. So it's really like a, you said 24-25 is when like the clock starts on potentially losing future picks and it, it getting potentially really restrictive with trades and, and some of the moves you can make. So for all intents and purposes, if Joe Lacob's willing to eat the tax, which, you know, we'll see. Uh, they have like 12 months to get themselves under the line where they want to be. Is that is that the best way to think of it? I would think of it as 18 because okay. really the way like the, the way the luxury tax usually works is it's the because it, it doesn't count until the end of the year. So if you're you could be, you know, you can't actually. But if you were 100 billion over the tax and you traded 100 million salaries, you would pay no tax like that's that's the way it works. So okay. you can't really do that as a practical consideration. But you see teams duck the tax, or in this case, is going to be starting to duck the double tax at different points in time. Um, so that's really that's really it. But the practical consideration, why you might want to say 12 or 14, is because as a practical matter, it's very hard. It's going to be a lot harder now to dump salary in season because one of the things that changed is they, I don't have all the numbers on this, but they, mm-hmm. they raised the floor. So what that means is teams aren't going to come into 
the season like the Pacers did, like the Spurs did with like 30 million in space. Oh. And the, so that means that you don't have those trade partners in January to be like, hey, you want to take 10 million, 15 million of my guy and not send anything back. The Warriors haven't really done that, but that option's not going to be on the table as much anymore. Do remember Sam Hinkie used to mess with that that, floor. <laughs> that, is, that is the that is the Sam Hinkie move right uh, there. Right? A legendary yeah. move. This week's Light Years podcast is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look good. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff restricting cotton bird dogs fixed this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you can get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement i just got some pairs and let me tell you little skeptical tried them on a hundred times better than i could have ever imagined just the like i will be wearing nothing else all summer Unbelievable. Sam is Fendiari, Bird Dogs. So where can you get it? Go to birddogs.com slash pool and enter promo code pool, P-O-O-L, for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash pool, P-O-O-L, for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. So, so Danny, does that long-term for the Warriors, so it sounds like they lose, they don't get the ability to sign a Dante DiVincenzo Sam and I are assuming, I think most of us are assuming, he's not going to be back anyway. He's going to tuck behind that player option. He's going to be gone anyway, so they can't resign him regardless. But long-term, how does this affect them? Like, is this kind of a, I think what we're all assuming is a, a Jordan Poole pivot point at some point for the Warriors. How, how does this work for the next four or five years? So it's, it's, it's interesting because I think that it's actually going to affect the Warriors less than a team like the Clippers or that next team, whether it's the Celtics hmm. or the Nuggets, because... This Warriors team is going to get cheaper just because their players aren't going to be players for that much longer. Like, that's the practical consideration. Also, like, they could leave of their own accord. Like, we don't know what Draymond wants. We don't know what the Warriors want or anything like that. But the thing that I've been telling people, which is very counter, counter what has been kind of murmuring through Warriors Twitter when I see it, is they don't, the thing that they would benefit, like, let's say they could trade Jordan Poole for nothing, which is, you know, maybe it can happen, maybe it can't. The primary thing they benefit from there is saving Joe Lake of money. Now, you can value saving Joe Lake of money if you want, but it's not going to value. it's not going to give the Warriors 30 million to spend on other Just guys. Not it's not going to give them all these other things. And so and the trade exceptions are going to get dicey in a little bit. So that that kind of thing is going to be different too. So really they do actually have more of a window here. And then the other big variables, like for me, like if I'm thinking about the Warriors, there are three three things that we're circling for the next 12, 18 months. One is pool for obvious reasons, but the other two are actually more interesting. And that's Draymond. How much do you bring him back? How much does he, how much does it cost? What's the, what's the duration? What's the annual value there? Cause then that sets the terms and then clay because clay's contract. I'm looking at my sheet, uh, 43.2 million for next year, but then nothing after that. And he might he might want a lot. He might want less. That's a big. That's actually a more complicated negotiation probably than Draymond for a bunch of different reasons. And they can extend him now, but only if you know the two sides can come to an agreement. And if I'm the Warriors, I'm saying you know I could bring you back. We could commit to it now, but it's going to be at a discount. And if you don't want that, then we'll roll it into next year and see where things go. 
Yeah, that'll be an interesting one. The clay stuff will be. <sighs> anyway, yeah, go ahead, Sam. Go ahead, Sam. Yeah, I was going to say, Danny, do you agree with me? Like, looking at the – if we're to think the second apron is a proverbial hard cap, most teams will operate as a hard cap, players like Clay and Draymond are the ones who are more likely to get squeezed, so to say, relative to the previous CBA. And I don't even know how much that matters because I don't know how big their market would have been under the old structure like is it maybe a little overblown to think that this has a massive impact on them Ooh, the for the contrarian sam for the warriors mostly yes um because (laughs) i mean here's the thing though players who've been on championship teams who've been good they they generally have a market even if some people don't evaluate that they're that guy anymore that's that's the way this generally works like you see aging there's always one team yeah, there's yeah. always one or two teams, and like I mean, w- with Draymond, who gets out of the woodwork is going to be really interesting. Like, not only who can pay him, but who wants to do that. And and Draymond's a wonderful player. Like I brought up the idea, my favorite hypo with Draymond, if it's not going to be on the Warriors, is the Spurs. You pr- you bring him in, have him play next to Wembenyama. Does Pop want that? Does Draymond want that? I, I think know. that's a great fit, actually. I think, I think that'd be, be awesome. a great fit. And I mean, the fit. smartest defensive player of this era mentoring beyond all the other mentors that Wimbanyama has, but do the Spurs want that? Does Draymond? And because the big no, challenge the Spurs would, you're right. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and the other big challenge with all of that is it's, it's not only do they want him, it's do they want him the most. And so for all of these different situations, I mean, I don't think the, like the Lakers are relevant because their Lakers are relevant because they're relevant, but like, do they want because him he over podcasts about do, LeBron every week? Do they too. want him over anything else? And so, the problem for Draymond is they have to want you most, and there could be teams. There could be uh, there are always teams that could could make their way out, but that's why Clay's really interesting. Is because while he might not be, I mean, I hope he has a great year, you know, just like hope everybody does, and that he can bounce back. But his basic skill set helps almost everybody. But is there a team that thinks, oh, he's going to be a star into his mid thirties because he's such a great shooter? And we'll have to see. Um, I don't, but I don't think the basically to me, if I were in a TBD general manager shoes. Um, I would be saying, you know, if you want to take, you know, like solid starter money, you know, like 15 to 18 million, 20 million, like maybe we can talk, but if you want more than that, you're, that's your prerogative. You can do that. We'll just have our conversation in June of next year rather than June of right now. Like they get dicey for the Warriors. I'm trying to, I mean, a lot of this now is dicey for the Warriors. Well, let's take it. Let's take a step off the CBA. Like what, what do you make of the fact that, they haven't named a successor to Bob Myers yet. Like part of me is like, it's the NBA finals. They they're not under some sort of like gun to make a public press conference. But the other part of me is like, it's been a couple of weeks. They're just kind of hanging out there. It's definitely notable because usually, sure. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming Myers told the Warriors at some point ahead, you know, at least where he was thinking about it. And I'm assuming the, the Woj bomb wasn't the first they heard of it. Exactly. Yeah. And so my my key question is, and th- is how desirable of a job is this? Because you have an owner who likes to get involved in the process, who is willing to spend. And Lakeup has a lot of positives as an owner, um, and many positives that other owners don't have. But you think about this like from an intellectual standpoint. Well, the primary thing that you're doing is you're having these awkward, tense negotiations with players who have deep value and history with your franchise, but may have different value as players. And a big part of what you're going to be doing is not only saying goodbye to people that are important to the franchise, but also telling them goodbye 
while some others are staying and the awkwardness of that. And how do you convey this with Stephen Curry and everyone else? And so like, that's a part of, I've been saying for a long time that I, and with no inside information that I thought Myers was going to leave, but not necessarily leave for another job because this next part isn't going to be fun. And so do you like, is, is that a sales pitch? Like we, Michael Winger took the DC job you can make an argument that if your goal is to put an imprint on the team, that the Wizards, even though they're way worse and they're worse owned, that you can do something there. Whereas the Warriors, it's mostly just basically battling attrition as best you can. And being that, bad cop. Yeah, yeah, being bad cop and and trying to get the trying to nudge the owner to spend money, but also being like, oh, that might not be my job because remember, Lakeup is hiring this person so he can put some, you know, he could say like, these are the constraints I'm going to put on you, which would have been different for Bob. But- it, you know, it also depends. Is, is Lakeup hiring a, a yes man person? Is he hiring an external, which is unlikely. I think we all agree that it's not going to be a, an external person. You look like you're about to say something, Danny. Oh, well, I mean, the other part of it is, and, and this is always challenging because we don't get this stuff publicly, is it's also about who's in the room and who's making the decisions. So who's negotiating the contracts, who's making the decisions. And you know, a lot of these big ones are actually ownership level decisions. And that's fine. Like that's when you when you pay whatever billions for a team like that, you can defer that to other people. And I think generally that leads to better basketball outcomes. But you have the right to do what you want with that. And for better and for worse. And for some teams, that's for better. For some, it's for worse. And so I think that that's another part of the challenge here is that some owners are very hands-off, some owners are very hands-on, and that can also change in time, which is another different dynamic. And so maybe somebody's interested yeah, in that. you think that'll change with Joey? You think that'll change with Joey? No, I don't. I don't think that will with him. I don't think that will with Balmer and a few others. And so sure. I think that it's it's a different kind of job. And I'm sure there are, you know, there are only 30 lead decision-maker jobs, yeah. and there are people who would do terrible things for any of those 30 as a practical consideration. But are you going to get the best of the best? Eh, probably not. But there's also not that much evidence outside of a few general managers that they're like of who is great and who will be. Like most of the best GMs don't change jobs that often for a good reason because they stay where they are, they get more equity, all that fun stuff. This week's Light Years podcast brought to you by Game Time. Last month, Sam, I was in New York and I wanted to catch my first ever Yankee Stadium game. Went to it last second. The app that I used to buy the tickets was Game Time because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and the best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you will have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, all the above. The Game Time guarantee means you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less, Game Time will actually credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without distress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use Light Years, L Y G H T Y E R S, for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Create an account and redeem code LIGHTYEARS for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Do you think the Warriors are actually going to pivot hard this season? Or do you think they're going to, I don't want to say kick the tires, but like kind of like see if they can retool and make another push at it? 
because uh, they obviously won title two years ago. This year was frustrating. It looks like it's moving the other way, even though it was with the same cast. Like they could go either direction with it. I think they're going to make another push. And I think mm-hmm. the reason for that is, again, I brought up the 18 months idea that they, they can largely like this team would be expensive, but not hilariously so it would be you know by normal standards but chase center you know if it's full up they'll be okay and then you have this evaluation point which you can either say is january february the trade deadline or is next off season where then you see where did it go and the other big part of it is you think about well what would a teardown look like and jordan Poole just had a rough season relative to expectations clay thompson just had a weird season relative to expectations so a teardown unless you're doing something like involving wiggins or curry which i wouldn't expect then you're not really getting a ton for it and you're not going to be bad enough. Like if you have Steph Curry on your team, unless you get into a circumstance where it happens organically, like 2019, you know, that sort of a situation where like your best players get hurt. So what I think they're going to do is they start the season and tend to run it back, make it, you know, maybe it, maybe it will be a little bit more overtly last dancey. It's, it's possible. And then if it works Great. You 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 would presumably in that case have everybody but Clay under contract. Then, assuming Poole doesn't have a worse year, you could probably do something with him, even if it's move him for a different type of guy or something else. You do that. Or then you have Draymond under contract. Maybe he even opted in. And so you can do it that way. But I think part of what the Warriors, what would interest them about that is you give them you give them a chance, you fill the you fill the arena, and then they could get out relatively clean a year from now if they wanted to. And so, because and then if you if you need to do it, then you avoid the worst of the stuff of the 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 mega attacks or whatever we're going to call it. We don't have a shorthand yet. You avoid sure. a lot of that stuff. And so, yeah, you have an expensive year, but you have an expensive year where you have one of the best players in the world. You have a really strong foundation. And the other part is that it's not a hundred percent their choice because Draymond is a part of this. But to me, the fact that most of the teams with cap space, if not all of them, don't aren't really like competitors with or without Draymond means that if he values that, he probably wants to resign. And so in that circumstance, then you can I mean, I'd, I'd say you could squeeze him too hard, but like you try to get him at a, at a number that he's happy with, but that it's either in terms of years or in terms of money that if something happens, you could eventually go in a different direction. They, they've done that a few times with him. It always feels like where this yes. contract is like, pretty, it's always him and Andre. Yeah, it's like and, and pretty. Wiggins. I mean, Wiggins signed a very sure. reasonable extension. Although that so. one felt like Wiggins did that more on his own volition rather sure. than like he probably he could have waited. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't mean that as a criticism for the for the off court stuff. I mean, oh, that as I, a... I definitely thought that's what you meant. So, oh, no. so... <laughs> no, like I meant like so. There are rumors well about done, the, his negotiation of the extension with Glenn Taylor back in the in the Minnesota days was yeah. very much the yes. I'm going to try hard. It's yes. going to work out great. Yes, and it worked out great. Just. Not for them. Yeah. <laughs> what was I? Um, but it, it, you're you're right. I mean, they could get out of Clay's. Obviously, it just it's gone. Vanish. Poof. They're forty four million. Right. Gone. It does feel a little crazy if they go into the season with Draymond opting in as as a last year. Does it does feel Clay, kind of crazy? Clay, a lame duck. Like uh, just kind of none of those guys having their future. Future. little shocker well, it would and, be and, shock, but Draymond, it could be on a three or four year deal like that's that's a possibility too. i think like it's likely could, they, I, I don't exactly. i don't think it that and the nice part for draymond about negotiating that i mean obviously this is what agents do 
is that he can have an idea of what the Warriors are thinking on a multi-year deal before he makes the option decision. Like, these things are all going to be connected. And also, what offers he has from the team? Would, oh, would no, be great no if he had an exec but, to but uh, talk to him about that. But. Yeah, yeah. So, the, so every, like, the basic information is going to be known by that point. And, you know, you, don't, you might not be sure what Kyrie's doing, what Chris Middleton's doing, all these other guys. But you have a pretty good idea of what, what's on the table. So it now, sounds so now it feels like to me final thing I'm gonna say no now it feels like to me is the likely scenario Danny for what you're saying if I'm combining what you're saying with what Sam's saying it's they'll do a Draymond three year uh, opt out and extend they'll they'll keep pool they'll run it back for a last dance but then next year they'll decide if it's a clay extension or trade pool and hope pool uh, hope pools trade value is gonna go up because he's gonna be better than last year you would assume so that now you can move that contract. Uh, and you now you either pay one or the other clear pool, but you're not going to do both. Um, it's what feels like is likely. Just yeah, it, it feels like that. And the other part of it is the pool conversation. So basically, it's been hard to trade him for the last year, not only because of the play, but because of the way the, the it's called a poison pill sure. provision. It's an outdated thing in the CBA. Now they can be, I would say, for the at least the short term, it's listening on pool. And if somebody really likes him, let's say there's a team like they, it doesn't have to be in June. It could be in January of next year. It could be at, you know, February, like right at the deadline or it could be next June or July. Like you can you can see if somebody really likes what he's bringing to the table. And there are always teams, even though I think they're generally overrated in the league right now, guys who can score and distribute a little bit like there are teams that always need those types of players. And you only need one or two to be interested in order to maybe reshuffle things a little bit to get somebody who makes more sense with what they want to do, either financially, play style, or both. So, yeah, so piggybacking on that, you think the most likely scenario for this team is they're running back most of the same guys, most of the same young guys, and just kind of that's kind of the roster next year, hoping a year removed from the punch and, you know, a little humility from kind of what would be a disappointing season gets them playing more at the level they did a year ago. It's, it's also a year of development. I mean, it's been such a weird time. I'm sure. Sure. I know you guys talked about this a lot for the young guys. Like does Kerr actually give Moody more latitude Kaminga and maybe there will be, and this hasn't from what I understand, and I'm not super connected at this point in terms of this part of it, like, maybe a little bit more from Lake up to Kerr in terms of like, Hey man, like these guys are knowing what we have in these players is important. Like we're going to be competitive. We're going to be good, but like Kaminga, maybe it's you try to push whether it's Dunleavy or whoever else to maybe you don't fill these extra little spots with guys that Kerr can trust more than Kaminga. And you, you do that. Like it's the, I, I mean, mean, he'll the, find, the old, he'll find an Anthony lamb. Don't to, worry. to show my age a little bit. It's like the trade, tra- let AC law go so that he right. won't, that he won't get overplayed. And like, Sometimes you have to do that, and I, the other part is like these young guys should be getting better, and they're not, the Warriors aren't asking for them to set the world on fire. Like that's the beautiful thing about playing with Stephen Curry is you're not usually having to do that. And so, if they can get, you know, if, if those guys can step into twenty minute a game roles, even if it's just in the regular season, like that makes a difference. And so you want to see that. And I mean, two timelines is its own thing, but the idea that these guys should be helping you by their third year is a real thing. I mean, it is in theory. So I don't know. Where, where's your optimism level with it? Like let, let's take off uh, You're you're painting a very fair picture, letting people kind of interpret it the, the way they want. Uh, take that hat off. Where, where are you with that as a picture for the Warriors last, next year? Are you feeling optimistic, pessimistic? You're someone in the middle. 
I think that's a dangerous team in the West if they can come into the offseason healthy and or into the postseason healthy. Sorry, apologies. Um, because they're they're a solid defensive team, if not a very good one, depending on how some of these other pieces fit in. And they have Stephen Curry and they have shooting around that. And so I'm not sure that it would like pick them to come out of the West. I think you would need to see a lot from the from the other teams. And, you know, Denver is going on this big run and everyone else that's healthy or not healthy and everything like that. But that's a team that's good enough to make some noise. And to me, that's the threshold for for you to get there. And the other part of it, I brought this up earlier, is I would be encouraged by that in part because I don't think the teardown idea gets you very far because Steph Curry's still a really good player. And being a fringy playoff team, A, is the most boring place in the NBA to be for me. Yes. But also, it doesn't get you the pieces that you need to eventually reach the heights. Like that's just, unless you're drafting Giannis 15th, like you're not really going to get there that way. And so we see teams, you know, I've criticized the Bulls over the years and everything else. And I'm not saying they should do anything with Curry because he has the right to, I think Curry has earned the the ability to be wherever he wants, whenever he wants for the rest of his career. Like, and that's rare for me. What about, what about going the, what about going the other way? What about like, all right, Jonathan Kuminga, Moses Moody, draft picks although they're limited because they can trade the 2023 but then they can't touch anything till 26 and now you're talking about when Steph's 38 which is dangerous in its own way uh Jordan Poole that sort of thing what about like cobbling that together to go the other way I think it's worth talking to teams about that the problem is who is that player that does everything else? And so presumably in that scenario, like if Draymond leaves, then that scenario doesn't really matter because you're not going to get to that level. Sure. So then we're talking about a player who makes sense with Steph, Clay, Draymond, and presumably Wiggins because I don't think you want to include him in the trade. And so is there a player who does, who you know can shoot well enough because you need another shooter if Draymond's on the floor, who can at least defend one or two positions, and, you know, like that type of player that you can get for those sorts of resources, then, yeah, I mean, I think I think you consider it and you could potentially even do that in season. The challenge is there aren't that many because that player is probably going to be wing sized. You know, you don't want somebody who's six two. You don't want somebody True. who's like seven three unless they're really, really, really good. LeBron's like six <laughs> ten. Yeah. LeBron, <laughs> if LeBron is interested, then you could you could, of course, have that conversation. Um, you can have the cl- have the little clutch reunion a little north than some. I, I take that back. I take that back. I take that back. I take that back. They could trade for Kyrie. Um, did but you so uh, it's, speaking but, of point guards? You see this Chris Paul stuff? Um, anything just the general just general just general yeah I mean well just the cliff notes on that I I think what what's happening is the Suns are trying to see if they can do better with like 12 million than Chris Paul and the answer might be yes I mean he's very rarely healthy in the postseason he wasn't the same guy this past year and where he fits with Durant and Booker is a little bit weird it's surprising how quickly this has turned but yeah he's and I mean I'm not saying he would be the perfect fit but I think he's going to be looking because the financial differences for Paul are actually if he if this happens if he gets whether it's stretched or or just gets you know they just straight up cut him the because of the set off the amount of money that he additionally makes by getting a lot more than the minimum isn't that big a deal so he's going to be looking at some options around the, around then there's been more buzz about the Southern California teams but the Northern California well, teams these guards so too are you telling me that. Like it, it doesn't like coming off. Let's say he gets waived, which I think is the likeliest scenario for him. It doesn't really matter how much money he he like. He would actually let me minimize. Let me kind of break it all the way down. Well, I can. He could sign for a. He'd be okay with a vet min. 
is it's, this one I think it's possible because I don't have the firm set up numbers, but let's say it's about two thirds. So mm-hmm. if remember his minimum's real high because he's been in the league forever, and his um, so like the difference between his minimum and the taxpayer mid level, which is five million for next year, in terms of his take home, is not that big. And so does he really want to take 10 teams off the board because I want this right. like two, 1 million? Right. I don't know. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. It's with it's within his rights. You can go for whatever you want. But you open up everyone if you're willing to take sure. something right. like that. Right. And I mean, the other part of it is like, yeah, it, but is he willing to do that? Is he trying to play the Suns here, try to give him a little bit more? Is Because the Suns could cut him but not waive him and actually sign him they can't right. there, there's some limitations there but they could do something so we'll see but i, I mean, love it i love it <laughs> i mean the, the chaos I, I mean the chaos of the of like i mean all these like, i need it all these like point deleted, guards who have deleted, such a deleted, long please. history and just have enough baggage to fill whatever airport you want just bouncing oh. around between con- contending teams him and westbrook like they should do like interviews side by side and see who gets, <laughs> who gets the job like it's gonna be amazing look man if the warriors aren't gonna contend for a championship at least make me and J- sam's job exciting you know what i mean so get, get cp3 on this team come on what are we doing here oh make slater's job exciting too yeah where, where is he anyway does he still tweet does he still work come on slater what are we doing He's, he's, I think he's taking a little time. Yeah, let, let, let him let him lose. Life. He's not. He's um, not covering the Lakers in the bubble. So <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask you. So we we got side. Well, I don't want to say we got sidetracked because we're talking to the Warriors. Um, help settle this one. Andy and I have been going back and forth on the new CBA, and obviously everything is. You know, first off, they haven't even ratified it, have they? Correct. Or at least, um, I think the, the formal, the, I will say the text doesn't exist in a public, like even in a, a Everything's form that weeks, I've right? heard is, is there. So like, yeah, they have about two weeks. Let's see. Let's see when it happens. But anyway, let's go. My, my general perspective on based off of what's publicly come out is I think it's kind of good for the players. I don't actually, or I think it's, I don't think it's nearly as bad as the, um, the way it's being framed. Uh, and I think Andy disagrees with me. I think he thinks it it kind of screws um, a certain class of players over. So I'm going to let you be the arbiter on this mm. one because I'm looking at it. I'm seeing they still get 50% of BRI. So come hell or high water, they're going to – players as a total will make the same amount of money, right? Whatever it is, that money is going to get cut to them. It's just going to put them in a position where they're going to have to legitimately choose between like, do I want to stay on this team at a discount or do I want to move markets? Maybe, maybe go to Indiana, maybe go to Charlotte or somewhere I didn't want to, to make every last dollar. And I, I don't actually think that's bad for the league in general. I think it's, it's better for the league to encourage kind of like smart management in, in that sense. I think it's worse for people who care about great teams, whether that's because you're a partisan or okay. because that you're a fan of the league and that's what you want, because it's going to be hard for teams, even like, you could think about it in the like equitable, oh, you drafted all these guys. Like for Boston, mm-hmm. for example, like it's gonna be hard for them to keep all the players. Denver, you know, most of most of their key players they drafted themselves. So in terms of the players, I generally agree with you, Sam. I think that the it's the net is pretty even. Players are gonna have to sacrifice financially to be on good teams. And that's but the thing that I don't like about it is it's harder to get there. And so that's not really, you know, like with the lack of ability to trade for guys and everything else, like you're just closing a lot of doors and whether that matters or not, eh, I mean, that's hard to say, but we're going to, 
Like, okay. but you can yeah. like, so you're, you could, so if you want to make your 20 million, you might be going to, I mean, it's hard to say San Antonio cause you know, they could be really good in a couple of yeah, years, but they might turn the you're corner. going to, you know, you're going to San Antonio, you're going to Detroit. Um, you're not going to, you're not Shout getting that 20 gym. million from the Clippers, you know, like that's, and if that's what you want, if that's not what you want, you have that. And the other thing that's really potentially notable is, I mean, they fixed one thing that I hate about the old CBA while creating a whole bunch of new things I hate, which is standard is it's less of a big deal to be a little bit in the tax now. And so I think we're going to see some teams spend more than they had before. And then also the new salary floor. So like maybe for a, you know, a, like a lower level playoff team, maybe they're spending extra, you know, they're using the non-tax per middle level. They're using, they're spending that 10 million. And so those teams could be getting a little bit better, but the most expensive teams are getting a little bit worse. So you know, I, there there are winners and losers in that. Whether you think it's for me, the big losers though are people who like the best teams because it's going to be harder for them to stay together. And- I I can't decide as a consumer, and you know we'll find this out obviously in the next ten years. It, is it going to be more fun to watch a team that's you know a, a three time champion in five years versus a you know next year we're going to get the Phoenix Suns versus the Milwaukee Bucks, and then the next year after that we're going to get the Clippers versus the Chicago Bulls or something, right? Like every year it's, it's kind of like the NFL. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's clearly what they, they want. They, am I wrong for saying that they want to be like the NFL where it's, where it's like, we suck, but next year we could be, we could right. be back in the, we're in the playoffs. We're in the NFC title game, right? Something like that. It's it's so it's so weird because you think about basketball has often been built about the individual. And so you can think sure. about, you know, LeBron yeah. and everything else. Yeah. Like it will be harder for the next generation's LeBron to make the finals every year. And so sometimes you build those rivalries, you build those legacies through not just one run, but through consistent runs. And so sure. I think you'll be, you know, you could think about it in terms of like Hollywood, you'll be building fewer megastars, but you'll be building more like substars. And that's that's fine. I mean, it's it's just a different thing. But you think about part of the reason that the Warriors were this galvanizing force around sports is because they made it so many times in a row, yeah. and that they had right. this history, yeah. and they had they had they didn't necessarily have a consistent West rival. They had the Rockets for a time, but then everything else. But they had yeah, LeBron. They had the Cavs. They had LeBron, and so yeah. we'll see less of that. And so and that's that's different. It's it's um it's weird, but. The, the opportunity for all of these great, there's so many great players around the league to get shine. Like, you know, Jokic is going to, looks pretty lo- likely to win a championship this year. That's fantastic. Giannis has had his chance recently. You know, we'll see who that is in future years. Like, so those conversations are going to be different. And I, not going to be James Harden. That's all I know. I, hey, maybe James Harden goes. I, what? It's so interesting because Jokic and they're they're going to win this championship. They're going to win this tomorrow, Monday night, or or, or, or Wednesday, or whatever. <laughs> Wouldn't I it be so amazing if, if if Jimmy and the Heat just put it together? Now I and just, just like that. How like, I are like a mid major eight seed. It's how they're playing. You know what I mean? It, it really anyway, is. Anyway, I didn't mean to George sidetrack Mason, you, but let's huh? go. <laughs> it's George Mason. I just love Jokic. Sam has been on this show talking. I've loved Jokic for years. The Embiid stuff I thought was always pure bullshit. His personality is just, how are you market? It's so boring. It's it's the thing about Steph and his play style. Now, Steph's personality is boring too, but the play style is incredible. So the fact that you can go to it back-to-back years, finals, 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 you can sell that, right? Same with LeBron, obviously. With Jokic, it feels like a little... And then same with Giannis. And Giannis was someone that never felt like he got way off the map, uh, way, um, way on the map, right? Even though he won that championship and never felt like he was going to be that face of the league. So... 
if you're going to keep flipping that every single year, it's Jokic and then Giannis and then who's next year. Like, it's just, I, I don't know. I don't know. I actually, I actually don't know. I just think it's interesting that Adam Silver decided to, or, well, I don't know. Grant Williams and CJ McCollum and the owners decided to under Adam's guidance in <laughs> hand. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm a little, I think it's interesting. I, I think it's interesting. The finals have been fun to watch, but I think this is interesting where they're going. We'll get you out on this one, Danny. I want, I want your pure unadulterated opinion on this one. Uh, All right. You're, you're Joe Lacob, you're Mike Dunleavy. You're both of them. What are you doing? What is your thought for this offseason? I think you've kind of already given it, but let's just get the the 30-second take right now. You at least give a fair offer to Draymond, you know, something that mm-hmm. something in probably the the 20 to 25 billion range. And you say honestly, I would say to him, you know, three years or fewer, however many years you want. If you want two, if you want one, if you want three, we can do it. Four, maybe we'll do some protections, maybe we'll reduce the annual value there. You talked to Clay about an extension, I already said what, you know, 15 to 18. If he wants more than that, more power to him, not gonna happen. If it's higher than that. Um, and I don't know, I don't know what in the world Clay wants. So we'll, we'll see there. And then you, you, so you run it, you try your best to run it back. And if one or more of those players say no, then you reevaluate and you, you see what you see what you can do. And then you, I mean, for the Warriors, probably the hard thing is they probably can't make that decision at the trade deadline unless there's an injury you have to go through next year, but that's worth it. You know, like you, you see where this team is, you go through it, you draft the best player you can or make a trade. But the other part of it, and this is what good general managers do, you're listening on everything else. I think that the only thing that's set in stone as long as he doesn't want anything else to happen is Steph Curry. And you listen on everything. And if there's, you know, a player, uh, the OG Ananobi, the Jalen Brown, the whoever, that is worth that bounty that you have to do it, well, then you, you talk about it. But you assume that you're not going to because that's a lot to ask. It's a lot to, you know, those deals don't happen very often for a reason. And there is, you know, there would be, if I were running the team, there'd be a group of players that I would be having, that I would be having those conversations about. It's pretty, it's a pretty narrow group, but it exists. And then you presume all of them are going to laugh and hang up and then you just walk away or they're going to say, oh, we want all four of your first round picks or whatever you could trade. And so then you, then you laugh and hang up. That's the way it generally goes. Um, And, and then that team, like if they can make it into the postseason healthy, they're competitive. They're interesting. They could be. They could win any series. They maybe if they're slightly more consistent, they won't have a chance to lose every series. Who knows? We'll see. And you know that actually, you know the funniest thing about it, that's actually for a team that has been a dynasty, that would be a better way to kind of go through this end than most of them are lucky enough to have. Hmm. Like most of that's these. True. And really badly, then really acrimoniously, and you know maybe we'll see the Warriors equivalent of Andrew Bynum checking JJ Barea. Who knows? Maybe we'll see that. In the I mean, season. we might have already saw it with Draymond. We might have pull out. Yeah, but, we yeah. might have. But that, like that, I think you see that, and there's a chance that everything goes awesome, and that you that you that the Warriors can can, can run it for another you know year or two beyond that. I think outside of that, like we're kind of defying every age related precedent that exists, and. You know, maybe you can find it a different way, but the Warriors, it, it's so funny because you think back to 2016 and the CBA that followed that. The story of the collective bargaining agreement is that they pull up the ladder behind everyone else. And so both in that CBA and this one, the Warriors benefited a little bit from being already on the boat, not being the, the ladder being pulled up didn't affect them as much. It makes it harder for other teams to catch them. And so they're, you know, you're you're always trying to catch, trying to catch the rabbit, rabbit, catch the dragon, whatever analogy you want to use. And so the Warriors are actually in a pretty good spot. And 
it's not going to be good forever, but it's already been an amazing run. All right. Danny, appreciate you. What do you want to plug before we get out of here? Uh, dunked on, dunked on Prime. Do that with Nate Duncan. Podcasts, you know, five plus a week. We're doing draft work. We're doing game analysis. We're doing um, draft. Yeah, we're doing off-season previews for all 30 teams, the mock off-season there. Writing at The Athletic, doing a lot of collaborative stuff. Uh, have have things in the works there. And then, you know, Real GM Radio, weekly podcast I do on my own. That's sure. interview style with lots of different people. And yeah, thanks for having me on. Appreciate you, Danny. Have a great evening. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.